Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. In Mark 7, talks about the tradition of the elders has made the Word of God a non-effect. As we reference Mark 7, it's talking about tradition and traditions that we automatically hold to be self-evident as the truth. And it's given to us through the churches, through the leaders. But are they, in truth, traditions that are truthful? For example, we are told that we are to ask Jesus to come into our heart for salvation. Well, is that biblical? If it's not, then it is a grove. And a grove was the prophets of grove, was the prophets of Jezebel that ate at her table, not Ahab's, her table, 400 prophets, four being that of the world, and 100, the Mia, the sheepfold. In other words, it's a church outside the fold of God. But they do have trees, and trees were the first sanctuaries or temples of worship outside. So they would make a grove of trees there to worship the gods. And the gods, I say plural, polytheism. And that would refer to Ashtoreth or Asherah or the queen of heaven. In today's vernacular, that is Mystery Babylon the Great, that is the mother of harlots and abominations uh, of the world. We see in Revelation that she says, I set a queen. I am no widow. She's married to Jesus, she says. And I will see no sorrow. Now the sorrow there is birth pains. Jesus stated in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that the famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast, was God's four sword judgments, which was the beginning of sorrows or birth pangs for the woman, the church, to bring forth Christ in her unto perfection. Now that is the truth of the word of God that is in its total perfection. That it's the crowning glory to God himself to bring many sons unto glory. The mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. We see that in Ephesians 1. But Jesus talked and made an example of the Pharisees that would not eat unless they washed their hands in a certain way, and they held that tradition. Now, as we read the scriptures there, in Mark 7, they came together unto him, the Pharisees, certain of the scribes, which came from Jerusalem. Now, these are the leaders of the day, the religious leaders. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault. Now, we find that many things we do today are extra-biblical. They're not in the Bible at all, but yet are taught. And Jesus is going to make an example of this. 
for the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands often, eat not holding the, the tradition of the elders. Well, when they came from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be, which they have received a hold, as the washing of cups, pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? That was a tradition handed down. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Well hath Esaias, or Isaiah, prophesied of you hypocrites. A hypocrite is an actor. His heart is far from God, even though his mouth speaks great things for God. Jesus said, You draw close to me with your mouth, your lips, but your heart is far from me. Why do you... Draw close to me and not do the things I tell you in obedience. And he called them hypocrites, actors. And he went on to say, as it is written, these people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Albeit in vain, does it, does it accomplish anything for them? Jesus said, it's vanity. It comes to naught. How be it in vain do they worship me? Now they're worshiping, they say, the Lord. But it's vanity and vexation of spirit comes to naught. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, not the commandments of God, not to the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus, which is the present truth of the word of God in the preceding word. And that's where we have built prophets of the grove. A prophet of the grove. It was 400 prophets of the grove and 450 prophets of Baal. 850 prophets altogether that came against Elijah. And in the last day, work of the ministry, in the spirit of Elijah, which will be the body of Christ in restoring all things and all truth to the body of Christ. The fathers, the hearts of the fathers being turned to that of the children's and the children's heart to that of the fathers. That is, we're all coming into the unity of the faith into the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man through the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. As we talk about prophets of the grove, it's something that has been taught that is continued to be religious, religiosity, but yet not in the commandments of God and the word of God. And it is to control the people, having control over them. Paul stated that they desire you to be circumcised because circumcision availeth nothing neither uncircumcision. But they do that and compel you to do it so that they may glorify and glory in your flesh. That is, they have the control over you. 
It's called the Doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Now, there was a Doctrine of Nicholas. But in the root word, Nicolaitan, Nico, to rule over, Laetan, the laity, to rule over the laity. And we do these through extra-biblical commandments and traditions that are of man and not of God. Now, in the last days, God said that he's not going to shake only the earth as he did in the days of Moses and the exodus of Israel from Egypt, but he's going to shake also heaven, that all things that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Every man-made doctrine, which are prophets of the grove, many false prophets, they are teaching for the commandments of men, the doctrine of God. And these are not worshiping God, but ultimately they're worshiping the queen of heaven. The grove is for Asherah, the ultimate being Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the world. She's made all the nations drunk with the wine of her fornication, not the wine of the Holy Ghost, not the oil of truth, but yet drunken uh, uh, and not in the truth of God. Jesus talks about they worship me in vain. He said uh, that for laying aside the commandments of God. You hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots, cups, many other such like things uh, do you. Then he says, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Now, how have we done that? Well, there's no place in the word of God anywhere in the Old or New Testament, and especially in this dispensation of grace, where anyone asked Jesus to come into their heart to be saved. It is totally a prophet of the grove. It is something of a commandment, not of God, but of man, that they make glory in our flesh. There's no word in the word of God. These are prophets of the grove. Another is that where God used to move, where they planted a tree, and it was type of a sanctuary or altar to give glory to God in the grove. Well, what Jezebel did was had her prophets that ate at her table to plant the groves according and ate of her table, the wine of her fornication, not Ahab's table, but her table. And that queen of heaven today is doing the same thing. The mystery Babylon, the false church that has made all the nations of this world drunk with the wine of her fornication. A person is not born again, except through being born of the water and the spirit. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, yet they hold through into the tradition of the elders, saying that, ask Jesus to come into your heart and you're saved. There's nowhere in the Bible that anyone did that. 
Or they'll say, just call on the name of Jesus and you're saved. Using a Romans 10, 9 and Romans 10, 13, they're neglecting. They're believing in the heart, not with the mind, but in the heart. And the only way to believe with the heart, biblically, is to have the heart circumcised, and that is in the spirit of the believer. That's done by baptism. So we lay aside the commandment of God that we must be baptized. Mark 16, go ye into all the world, baptizing them. Well, somebody said, we don't baptize. Said, go into all the world and preach this gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But we know that. We say, no, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, and he that believeth is saved. And if you want to be baptized as a second work of grace, fine, but it has nothing to do with salvation, which is uh, a tradition of the elders making the word of God void to none effect, no power, diluted. And that's what we have today because that we have now gone to another season. We're not in a Pentecostal season now. We're not seeing through a glass darkly, having knowledge in part, that now we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, to the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ under perfection. And those will be used for the work of the ministry. Well, the ones that say no, that you're saved and that's it, nothing else, are prophets of the grove, which are false prophets, and have hewed them out these cisterns that can hold no water. Their trees twice plucked up by the roots. They're clouds, and when there is no rain, they have an outward appearance of religious and holiness saying that they serve God and love God, but yet in works they deny him. They don't do the commandments of God. We're seeing that if a person does not move from a Pentecostal there 2,000 years ago in the Pentecostal glory into the present day proceeding word of God by which every man shall live thereby, then we find ourselves as a prophet of the grove where God used to move, but we haven't left it. We are to leave, therefore, not forget, but leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on into perfection. Very, very few ministers of God are even standing for that truth, saying, well, we can't be made perfect in this lifetime until we get into the sweet by and by, and someday in heaven, we'll know the truth. We'll be perfected. Well, that's just not the case because the Holy Ghost is given to us now to lead us and guide us into all truth. And Jesus stated in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which are the bylaws of the Kingdom of Heaven, saying, Be ye therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. 
It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. We're to grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth in all faith. And the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, of all truth. So until then, we know that again, that the imminent return of Jesus is not just any second. There are things that must happen. And the ones that are preaching the truth know these things. Acts 3, 20 and 21 states very plainly that the heavens must receive Jesus. He's going to be there until the times of the restitution of all things, not some things. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. That faith there is delivered to the saints of the living God to us to have all truth, not partial truth, not seeing through a glass darkly and having knowledge in part. We are to come to the full, perfect measure of the statue of Jesus. So a prophet of the grove is one that has the old wine of Pentecost and say they're saved and there's nothing more to come. They have not moved on, leaving, therefore, the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again that foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying out of the hands and of baptisms and of the resurrection and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hebrews 6. Paul tells us that. And in Hebrews 5, he talks about Melchizedek, the king priesthood of which we are all in the body of Christ called to. Called to obtain. We are to press toward that mark. That mark is not an aloft or the beginning of the race, the first letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory, the Tav, which is total salvation. That means we have to run the race and finish that race in order to obtain this eternal life through obedience to the salvation of our souls in obedience to the truth. We have to obey the truth. And because of the tradition of the elders, there is no, no scripture at all to ask Jesus to come into your heart for salvation. But it is told to be a truth. Well, the preacher said it, or the evangelist said it. Well, it's still a prophet of the grove. It's a tradition of the elder. It's made the word of God to none effect. They're not born again, but they think they are. Then they have asked Jesus to come into their heart to no avail. Why? Because it is not the commandment of God that you must be born of the water and the spirit. And of course, the Satan himself, the devil, is going to move that foundation of truth any way he can to deceive people. The God of this world's blinded their eyes. But when the truth comes, we have to embrace that truth. Well, men love, love darkness rather than light for one reason, because their deeds are evil. They don't want to come to the light and be reproved and be corrected uh, there for 
the truth of God. They have to change and not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind so they can prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God for them is. And this is why the true ministers of God hold to the doctrine of Christ, that he is that person, the father of glory. He is also revealed. The son of God is the father revealed. And the son of man is the kingdom office of that same spirit. They have that doctrine of Christ. They have the mystery of God and of the father and of Christ. But many false prophets of the grove have gone out. False prophets of the, of the world. They've entered in to deceive, uh, greatly deceive the body of Christ and the people. So they will not come to the full knowledge of salvation to begin the race even. To get in the race, you have to be born of the water and the spirit. And that's the reason why many say they are Jews to the church at Smyrna, Revelation 2, and the church at Philadelphia, Revelation 3, saying they are Jews and are not. Well, why? Well, they have believed the tradition of the elders, saying that you're saved by simply repentance. Now, you're not saved through simply repenting. We have to go on. Repenting is certainly a part of it, but it's not all true. You have to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. There's no other way to have your sins remitted. That's born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's born of the Spirit. Peter tells us and declares it very plainly. The promise is unto you and to your children, to those that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. But yet, those holding the tradition of the elders, saying, well, you don't have to do that. Just ask Jesus to come into your heart. Or say the sinner's prayer. Nowhere did they get born again saying the sinner's prayer or asking Jesus to come into their heart. But they were, the ones that were born again, did exactly what Peter said do, who had the keys to the kingdom, as Jesus stated in Matthew 16. They repented. They didn't stop there. Because the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus had already happened, and now, in this dispensation of grace, the church age, in the ecclesia, the called out ones, you have to be born again. And Peter gave us that plan of salvation, how to be born of the water and the spirit in Acts 2.38. And that's just the first part. And assuming a person does that and they become a believer, born again, newborn baby in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now they desire the sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. But we have to keep going. We have to keep running this race. We can't stop. Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. Now we have grown two little children. We have known that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. 
and those are the little children. They're not full grown, but they do have the knowledge that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Lord of glory, the Father that has been manifest and revealed in the Son of God. The Son of God is the Father revealed. Well, do you stop there? No, you keep running. The next step is that of young men. You see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. John in his epistle says, I write unto you young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. Now they're the overcomers. We see that in Revelation the second and the third chapter. Well, do you stop there? No, you're doing the will of God. You have the word of God that you have uh, not conformed to this world, but through the sacrifice of yourself upon the altar of God, not doing your own will and your own purpose, but doing the will of God, you presented your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which that's our reasonable service, and we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. What is another tradition of the elder? Jesus takes you as you are. You don't have to grow up into him. You're saved. And that is a declarative statement saying there is nothing else for you that you are approved of God right there. You don't have to run in a race and you don't have to obtain the truth through sanctification, through obedience, under righteousness, under holiness. You just stop and you're still saved. That is a lie. That's a prophet of the grove. That is ones that have taught through tradition of the elders. That's made the word of God in unaffect. We have to run in that race to obtain. And those that, that run, they must do the will of God. To do that, we have to read the word of God and diligently seek him. When we do that, we've gone from newborn baby, now to little children. We know he's the father, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Lord of glory. Then we go to young men and we read the word of God. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind, taking on the mind of Christ, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each one of us is working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So we follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, not the commandments of men. We follow the leading of the Holy Ghost growing up into Jesus in all things, all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Then we finally come to the final step, which we are now in now that God is calling us to that sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, the fine, final mind of Christ in the body of Christ. That's Revelation 7 sealing. We're not holding truth to, to, to the tradition of the elders. That's made the word of God in effect. We're pressing toward that mark for the prize. We're going on unto perfection. We're told to do that in Hebrews 6. Paul stated it. We can't just sit back and say, we're at ease in Zion. 
because Jesus said, Woe be unto them that are these in Zion. We have to stir up the gift that is within us. We have to run this race that we may obtain and we will reap if we faint not, if we don't quit. And we go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus unto perfection because Jesus is only coming back for a church that is without spot and without blemish that's made herself ready in the full image of Jesus Christ, whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Them that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not a newborn baby. Not a little child, little children. Not just young men, but full fathers. That is that have grown up into Jesus, uh, weaned from the milk, and of full age, having their senses uh, exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. There we have uh, that full-grown, mature Christian. This is the ones, uh, the ones that God is going to use for the work of the ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. We must come unto the measure of the statue of Jesus. There, why for the perfecting of the saints, full grown, mature, weaned from the milk, full age. Why? Well, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The ministration that Jesus has called us all for, with each member being fitly framed together, making but one body. And each individual member, in particular, must do their part. Not all are apostles. Not all are prophets. Not all are teachers. But God has placed in the body such as it has pleased him. Different ministration, but the same spirit. One body and one Lord. One faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all, knowing there's but one body, but one spirit. Those that have that knowledge, that have that true Christology, are the ones that God will use in preaching of this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Lest do not be deceived following these tradition of the elders that's made the word of God in effect, They glory in your flesh, telling you that this is salvation. What do we have to do? We must go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection, unto a perfect man. And those are the ones that will be saved in doing the will of God. No others will make heaven and be able to enter in. Jesus stated that in Matthew 7, in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Only those that do the will of God. Then they will profess unto Jesus. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. Well, they were born again. They were little children, knowing that he's the Lord. They called him Lord, Lord. 
That means they were born again and knew that he is the father of glory. They had reached that stage of growth in the inner man. But yet, and had worked, telling Jesus, we've worked in the spirit. We have done many wonderful works in your name. They profess unto Jesus. And in your name, we've cast out devils. And in your name, we prophesied. And Jesus will say, I never knew you. With Jesus, it's all the way or nothing. We come in the leading of the Holy Ghost in present truth or we're backslidden. He stated that. Take heed how you hear. Hear the word of God. For the same measure you meet will be measured to you again. And you'll have the more. That means present truth, proceeding word of God, not in a Pentecostal stage of glory, but in the last tabernacle glory, which we are in now, in present truth and the proceeding word. Are we hearing this word? Are we hearing the voice of the Lord, the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all truth? in the revelation of Jesus Christ, and not only his person, that he is God, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Father, but also the work in his judgments that we must be fully in that truth in the proceeding word in order to be sealed. Take heed how you hear. To him that hath not, that will not hear the present proceeding word of God, will be taken away even that which he has. Jesus stated that to the churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. He stated that. He told Ephesus, there you know the false apostles among you. You haven't denied the name. But he said, I have somewhat against you. You've left your first love. I haven't found your works perfect. In other words, I know thy works the works that accompany salvation unto perfection. And then he tells the church of the living God for our admonition and says, repent and do your first works over. Otherwise, I will, I will come and remove your candlestick out of its place. But then you'll have no light. You see, with Jesus, it's all or nothing. We're either in the present truth or we're in a grove where God used to move. Well, we were good Pentecostals, but we didn't know we're supposed to be perfected to the mention of the statue of Jesus Christ. Well, now we do know, and the Word of God states that plainly that we must do the will of God. If we do not, he will say, depart from me, you that work iniquity, lawlessness. You weren't led of the Spirit of God in obedience. You did not hear my voice and obey it. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Friend, we want you to contact us where we can all work together in the unity of the faith. The contact information will be at the end of this podcast. Please call, leave your name, phone number. I'll get back to you and look forward to working with you in the ministry. Now we pray 
for every one of us, for God to perfect that which is lacking in each and every one of us, so that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.